Well, good morning and happy Father's Day. I'm going to talk about a message, and I think this is a message of, of, of hope, of encouragement, who we are, what we are called to be, so many things that, that the Bible refers to us as people like, and he uses illustrations. I love this about this. I, I might be stuck on this for a, quite a long time because even as I go through Scripture or just or just stuff comes to mind and how the things that God says that we are and we are like. I really like it a lot. Haven't even talked about like the big ones, like the bride of Christ. He refers to us as the bride. Um, but I, I started this in, on Mother's Day, and I told you I would finish it on Father's Day. So I kind of like him just telling you right now, I'm probably not going to finish it. But I will finish something today. Talk about a, a, something that we're like today. <laughs> right? <laughs> Stephen is going to share in the next week or two after this, so I, so maybe everybody will come back to church after Stephen shares. I don't know. It was... Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I know a lot of people are just gone. It's Father's Day. They're up at golf tournaments and just enjoying the day, which is okay. I am not... We're just, we're just glad to be here. So I'll just kind of rehash for a second, talk about what we started with. I basically started on Mother's Day talking about us being the royal priesthood, a chosen generation, a holy nation, right? In 2 Peter chapter, 2 Peter 1.9 refers to that, refers to us as being a holy nation. I love that word holy because that word holy is not what we think it is. You guys okay over there? Okay, it's not a word that means like just perfect because we seem to think that. Do you realize that so much of our interpretation of what the Bible actually says is not what the Bible actually says? Did you realize that? Much of what we think the Bible actually says because we read it in English, which isn't the perfect language, and it's not the first spoken language. Adam and Eve did not speak English. I... uh, it, really, they did not. It, it is the most imperfect language on the planet, and we all use it. it. I don't know if there's some sort of like reasoning behind that. I don't know. Anyway, it's the word holy means set apart. Primarily, it means set apart. It doesn't mean perfect. We think it means perfect, but it means set apart. We are a holy nation. We are set apart for the purpose of God's use. Hello? And so as we, we break that down and I start thinking and looking and at what all that God refers to us as, He refers to us as, as items, objects, animals, uh, things in this world that are for use. Did you know that? They're for use by God. We are sheep. He says we're sheep that need a shepherd, but we're not just sheep that need a shepherd to be shepherded by the shepherd. We're sheep that are called to bring other sheep into the fold. We're saying, hey, we've got a good shepherd, other sheep out there that are lost and wandering. How about a good shepherd? His name is Jesus. Would you like to follow him as we are? That's the purpose and intent, really, of a sheep. You guys with me? And they talk about us being dirt. Dirt is, I, I like that one. That one was a cool one. I, I don't know. I still am infatuated with us being dirt. Almost as much as us being a smell. God refers to us being as a, an aroma. I like that one. I'll talk about that one another day. But I just, I like the things that have, have purpose and that involve our senses, involve the, 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 the tangible forces of being able to touch, feel like that which is real. And that which I can identify with. You guys with me on this at all? I hope so. Because um, I'm just going to keep going whether you are or not. Dirt is which, dirt, he refers to us, which, which the seed of God's word is supposed to grow from. I love that. I don't know. Dirt, your, your purpose of, as dirt is the seed of God's word is to grow out of and from you. That's cool. I like that. I don't know. I like that a lot. And then we're vessels. We're vessels of God's mercy. A vessel is not a container that holds 
God's mercy. A vessel is a conduit that flows, God's mercy flows in you, through you, into others. Hello? That's awesome. I just am like, these are awesome. Can I just say it again? These are awesome. Okay, that's pretty awesome. And then the body of Christ, that means... And I, I you know, the, I, we're meant more for than, than just massaging each other. Even though we need a rubdown from each other every now and then. Probably more now than thens. We need to be caring and concerned and loving on each other. But that's not our ultimate purpose. The, as the body of Christ is to reach into other people's lives as the body of Christ, as His hands, his feet. You know, there's lots of songs about it on the radio, right? Being his hands, being his feet. Because it's a real, it's a theological, it's an applicable, that's a good, that's a hard word to say on the fly, truth of what we're called to be and do as the body of Christ. So I'm gonna, today I'm going to talk about us being trees. I like trees because I like it's something that grows. Trees, I love planting trees. Um, I have a tree in my backyard that's about four feet tall. So it's Carson size. He's a little taller than four feet. This tree was given to me by about four years ago. I did a pickup in this home in Lincoln Hills and this beautiful couple, they said, look at this tree we have in our backyard. It's a, it was a, uh, a Japanese maple. And it's dropped all these seeds and it's produced hundreds of these little treelings, or I think that's what they're called, I don't know. Saplings, okay. Treelings. I like treelings. Kind of like ratling, huh? Carson? What's a, what's, a, what's a small tree? A treeling, right? We were talking about this. So we got in the conversation for like a month straight every day to school a a, a a baby rat is a rattling i don't know he came up with it and and we had arguments about it we googled we looked it up and carson ended up being semi-right somewhere in some dictionary he found it was true a sapling anyway they had all these tree lings saplings and they said here would you like would you like it i just was like oh these are awesome they said, well we actually we've kind of harvested a bunch of them and we would like to give you one and it was in this tiny little cup and it was like about this big this big little treeling or sapling i don't know why i want to call it that i like to make up my own words here i guess you can do that one and now this thing is really like about four feet tall and it's the coolest tree it's like one of my favorite trees even though it's just a, it it but the boys tease me because it looks like a marijuana plant they think I'm growing marijuana in my backyard, but I'm not. The leaves have the same configuration as a marijuana plant. I don't know how they know what a marijuana plant looks like. I'm just teasing. I think everybody knows. <clears throat> so I'm going to read, this is in Psalm chapter 1. Psalm 1. This, I'm going to go out of the Amplified Version of the Bible. I think you'll like this. I'm going to read the entire psalm. I might st- stop a few times. It said, Blessed, fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. And I love how I, I've kind of defined this in the, in the Amplified it did as well. We take that word wicked, and again we look at it and we say, oh, that's, we kind of, we'll kind of disassociate that with that, because wicked just sounds like an absolutely evil, awful, horrible, wicked person. We, we put people in the likes of, you know, Charles Manson and the serial killers and, and people that you know, do horrible things as wicked. But what the wicked is referring to here is just a simple definition which is those who follow their own advice going their own way that's what a wicked person is like oh wait oh boy i gotta stop and say maybe i be one every now and then can you testify to no never mind we won't blessed is a man 
prosperous, favored by God, is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, those who follow their own advice going their own way, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit down and rest in the seat of scoffers or ridiculers, or um, I call them leaky tires. You know what a leaky tire is, right? Right? You know, the leaky tire people. The other day I told you guys, or last week I told you guys about my former boss who's building a hotel in Lincoln, and, and they had this big community meeting, and, and as he was sharing his story of being a Lincolnite for many years, and where he's at now, and why he wants to do this as a businessman, and also as a, as a Lincoln resident, and he talked about this, and I got to share this in a way that um, is pretty remarkable, can I, can I pause the message for a moment and you guys listen to me for a minute about a testimony? Okay, I got one, one yes. Okay. When I started working for my boss, my former boss, his name is Jim, um, I was 16. I was still in high school, not a Christian. I was not saved when I started. The summer that I started working, the summer after I started working for him is the summer that I, I got saved, gave my life wholly to, lo- to the Lord Jesus through the football camp that was put on by Glenn and Linda as one of the kickoffs of what this ministry is and exists. Now, so lo and behold, here's what's happened is he's hired me as a, as a heathen, as a young man, and now I become a Christian. So he's seen, he's witnessed this young man convert to Christianity and live his life as a Christian right before his eyes. And he was only five, six years older than me. He was, he was I think, 22, 23 when he started the business, and I was his very first employee. In fact, he shared that in his story about he started this company with one employee, and, and he alluded to me being there. And as I was learning and growing the trade of, of plastering and stucco, I was also growing in the Lord immensely. I mean, there was days that I fasted for weeks at a time, and I would remember being up on high scaffolding, and I'd said, okay, this, I gotta, I gotta stop and eat now, because I'm starting to get a little delirious, and, and it's a long way down there, so I needed to, but these were, these were things that, as I was growing in the Lord, I was growing in the company, and growing in his business, and I, I worked as though I worked for the Lord, I learned all these things, I remember Remember saying, I'm, you know, telling him, I want to work for you as though I'm working for God. And he looked at me like, what? That's weird, but okay, right on. And I made him tons of money, so much money he can build his own hotel now. And I'm not saying I made him all that money, but I believe the blessings of God was on that business, that company, because I believe God was blessing me to be in that. And I, he knows that. He knew that. He recognized that. And you guys have heard some of my stories of how much he's blessed me personally and us as a family in in that time frame well with all this being said i you know there was there was there was so much sharing and loving and praying for him because i knew he didn't know the lord and i used i just we i would share the lord jesus with him all the time all the time and he was so willing to listen and he was never he was never in denial never rejected the gospel the only thing he ever he said you know I just, if, he, I remember him telling me one time, he said, if, if he was really real, why doesn't he just show himself to us every single day on a regular basis? And I said, but Jim, I'm right here in front of you showing you God's love and grace every single day. I said, are you getting it? And it wasn't, at, you know, his family that he was married into was also a, lo- a local family that were ranchers in the community. And they were about as leaky tireish as you could possibly be. Everything that was r- referred to about God, this family, the entire family, scoffed and ridiculed. And, psh, psh, and all they did was make fun of us Bible-believing, Bible-thumping, holy rollers. That's all they ever did. And to this day, that, that entire family is, has been disseminated to where they just don't even exist any longer. It's really surreal. I mean, I'm serious. And this family owned literally thousands of acres from from Lincoln, where you see Ferrari Ranch Road now, all the way to where Sunset passed it, passed it, 
into Rockland. They owned that entire corridor of, of land. They owned it all. And they have nothing now. Nothing. And the family is nothing. And they scoffed at us holy rollers. Did you guys hear that? And that's real. That's a very real testimony. I'm not going to tell you the name of the family just because it's not, it's pointless. But I'm going to tell you that's the truth of what has happened. And so as, as Jim is sharing his story, sharing his passion, he said some things in the midst of this that really just like, oh, my heart just, it stopped and leaped at the same time. He said, I, and he said it three times. He said, me and my new wife, we've prayed about this. We've asked counsel at our, at our church and even fellow ministers that are here today. And every time he said that, there, I was sitting right next to a leaky tire. Every single time he said, we've prayed about it. It was a leaky tire. What's sad to me is what I know. When, that, when you develop the scoffing, ridiculing mentality, it becomes a, a, such a spiritual bondage to that which is you cannot see God in anything. You do not see good in anything. All you do is scoff, ridicule, and mock the good and the God that is in the world today. And that breaks my heart. It saddens me because they're missing out on so much goodness and they're so miserable. You guys know those kind of people, right? But he says this. He says, blessed are those who do not... Sit down and rest with scoffers. What happens when you sit down and rest with a scoffer? A leaky tire. <laughs> Monty said it exactly. You become leaky just like them. Yeah. It's, it's so easy to do. How many of you can testify to being in a room, being in a conversation, and all of a sudden it's just, boy. And it's, you could go anywhere today. I mean, California, come on. Really? The government here? I mean, let's just, let's just get on a roll here. We could just ridicule, mock, scoff all day long. Churches? Mega church. Oh, really? Come on. We could scoff and mock all day long, right? Well, no, we shouldn't. <laughs> we, but the answer is, yeah, we can, but we shouldn't. <laughs> So don't sit in the seat, don't sit next to, don't, don't rest with scoffers, mockers, and ridiculers. You can't just get up and walk away, you know that? It's something we're teaching the boys, like, but what if they say this and they come at me? It's like, you can't just walk away. You can ignore all the negative Nancys or negative posts on Facebook and just ignore them. You don't have to respond to every single scoff and mock you don't have to you can't just walk away it's actually wise to do we're dealing with that with everything that we do with you know people that we help and whether it's somebody that's homeless or somebody in need people mock and scoff us for it in the community most don't but some do tell you what I'm not going to camp out with those that do it's not going to do me any good. It's not going to do you any good. So let's go on. He says, here's, here's, here is the blessed, prosperous, and favored by God that does not do these, but here's what he does do. Here's what he does do. The blessed, prosperous, and favored by God does this. He, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, his precepts and his teachings, basically his word, he habitually meditates day and night. Meditates day and night. So I'm just going to ask you just a quick question. This is all you got to do. Is, is just do a little, little self-examination. You can identify your delights by what you continuously think about on a regular basis. Did you know that? 
You can know what you delight in by what you think about regularly. What is your thought, habitual thought pattern? Where do you go with your thoughts? That's your delight. That's true. Hello? Simple. It's not that complicated. <clears throat> Identify your delights by what you think about regularly. And he will be like, and this is what he says, he will be like a tree firmly firmly planted and fed by streams of water which yields its fruit in its season its leaf does not wither and whatever he does he prospers and comes to maturity the wicked those who live in disobedience to god's law are not so but they are like chaff worthless and without substance which the wind blows away, therefore the wicked will not stand unpunished in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. You guys get that, right? For the Lord knows and fully approves the way of the righteous, <laughs> but the way of the wicked shall perish. So we're like trees planted firmly near the streams of water that, you know, a, a, a tree, have you ever noticed that when you see a body of water, there's usually a tree line around it, correct? The tree line doesn't, the, the trees in, near that body of water do not need extracurricular watering, right? Because where are they getting their water from? From underneath the ground. They're getting into, into the source, the water table that's underneath, whether it's a lake a river, there's a water source underneath in the ground that they're digging deep. Their, their, their roots are finding the source of substance, of, of food, of nutrients, of fluid, so that they can root themselves into that. Hello? And that's what, so when we're planted in that stream, in the, near that water source, our roots will go down deep into that water source and be fed. That's awesome. That's really awesome. I think that there's so much to that. Is us that it it takes it takes a intentional getting into. That's why I I love that you know. Uh, we need to be in God's word around God's people. It's a source of food, right? Amen. So I'm going to do something here, and I'm going to correlate this passage in, Pro, in, in Psalm, from Psalm 1 to Proverbs, and one that's a very popular one that we've, we read quite often, we, we quote quite often, um, and you're going to see the correlation, then we're going to talk about trees a little bit more so in, in the midst of it. Proverbs chapter 3, starting in verse 1, this is out in the New King James Version, so listen, it says, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and men. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways acknowledge Him. And He shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil, and it will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. You see how he's actually, there's a, a, a clear, I think, description of two types of lives. A tree that is planted near water, and a life that is going in the direction of its own ways. When we acknowledge God in all of our ways, in other words, we do more than just say, God, I acknowledge you. It's God, I seek you. I'm looking to you for my answers, for direction. And that's through His Word. That's what He talks about. in the. That's why I think the, that whole Proverbs of, usually we just quote, quote Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, but the whole, that whole uh, um, 
premise before, it actually tells us a lot more of what he's saying in there. You guys remember that there was two trees in the garden? Talking about trees, right? And he, he told Adam not to eat of the one tree. The tree of what? Knowledge of good and evil. <clears throat> Was God just being a, I don't know, controlling? He just wanted to set up some rules just, just to see if we'd break them? Knew we couldn't handle it? Knew we wouldn't be able to? I think there's, there's a lot to that that we don't understand. So I'm just going to allude to, I think, some, some of the stuff that I believe is, is how God is because we know how God is. See, in order to handle the knowledge of good and evil, you must, you must, one must, possess, must be omniscient. What is omniscient? The ability to completely comprehend all possible options and contingencies. All-knowing, right? So, in order to handle the knowledge of good and evil, one must be omniscient. You must have the ability to completely comprehend all possible options and contingencies. You must be all-knowing. Right? Anybody fit the bill? Not in this world. Nope. Okay, and the other thing you must be is omnipotent. Another big word. Which is the righteousness and wisdom to choose the right course and the power to make reality conform to that right course. So you must be all-powerful. No, you don't fit the bill. Sorry, Trevor. No. In other words, only God can handle such knowledge. Do you hear that? Only God can handle such knowledge. So what this means is is that... It is not the one who trusts in the Lord that's being irrational, but the one who leans on his own understanding that is being irrational. See, our understanding is made up of what? Our experiences, our emotions, our intellect, our predispositions. You guys know what a predisposition predisposition is? You don't even know what? I can't even say the words. How do I know what it is? Anybody know what that is? It's the things that we predispose that exist. That, in other words, are, do you know where prejudices come from? Predispositions. It's things that we think that they are that we think that they should be. And so we develop a prejudice. And from a prejudice, we develop what? Judgmentalism. Or bigotry, if you want to go that far. So we, we, our understanding sometimes is, it comes from our predispositions. In other words, things that we think that the way that they should be, that they are or are not. That's confusing, huh? That's a mess in your mind, right? That's a mess in my mind sometimes. But it's also, our understanding is also made up of our senses, right? What we see, hear, feel, touch, smell. That's what our understanding is made up of. So here's what, I, here's what I believe it's saying also in Proverbs chapter 3, and to put it even bluntly clear, is it's actually insanity to trust in, to lean on, such pitiful, limited, and mostly twisted understanding. When one can simply trust in the unlimited, perfect understanding of God. That's what he's saying in Proverbs chapter 3. Lean not on your own understanding. Because why? Because you're just a person that you don't have. You don't have omniscient, omniscient, omnipotent knowledge and power to know what is good and right within yourself. Does anybody? I, I, I mean, I think that we can do good jobs every now and then. Every now and then I, I get it right. Does anybody every now and then just get it right? Yeah, every once in a while. But, but here's, here's the brutal truth. If, if I did get it right, if I'm really honest, it more than likely wasn't me that was doing it. It was God in me that was doing it. And so when I do get it right, 
one of the wrong things I could do is say, look at me, what I did. I did it right. <laughs> oh, what a mess I am. You guys, I'm glad you guys are all in good shape. So let me go on, because this gets actually even good. John Piper says something that I think is cool. You're going to like this. Our own understanding simply will not bear the full weight of reality. It was never intended to, and it still isn't even intended to, even in this age of enlightenment. Did you know that? Did you realize that? Especially... We profess as a culture, as a social society, that's redundant, to be in the age of enlightenment, as though we know better now than we've ever known before. We know that there are now not just two genders, there's over 90 genders. We are enlightened. No, it's true. And we, we are more confused than ever before. So more than ever before is the time that we need to be a tree planted in the stream of God's word, soaking in, sucking up his truth so that we can grow and produce the fruit that he calls us to produce. So going back to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the point of this prohibition that God, this is what John Piper says, the point of this prohibition from the tree of knowledge of good and evil was not to keep humans ignorant, but to preserve for us the pleasure of the world. As if God was really saying this, if you eat of that one tree, you will be saying to me as God, I'm smarter than you, I'm more authoritative than you, I'm wiser than you, and I think I can care for myself better than you can care for me. And to sum it all up, you are really not that good of a father, nor that good of a God, and I am going to reject you. That's harsh, isn't it? But that's the reality of what Adam and Eve did. And that's the reality of what we do when we choose our own way and become wicked. Do our own thing, trust in our own understanding, trust in our own enlightened mind frame. That's pretty scary, huh? I don't want to have nothing to do with that. I don't want to have nothing to do with rejecting God. Anybody with me on that? (laughs) All right. So don't eat from that tree. Because you will will be rejecting God and all of His good gifts of wisdom and knowledge and care. Instead, submit to God's will. Simple. Thy will be done. Keep affirming God's wisdom. Keep being thankful for His generosity. Keep trusting God as a good Father. And keep eating from the other trees the other trees that God so generously and graciously still provides for us to eat from. Amen? Because you were created, you and I were created in the image of God. To be like God, like a tree. Like God, like a tree. So I, I have... Uh, looked up the beneficial attributes of what a tree should be like in society. So here's what I'd like us to do. Let's look at these actual benefits of a tree and let's correlate them to us as followers of Jesus of what we are to be beneficial to our society. Can you guys do that with me? All right. There's a lot of them. There's like 20 of them. But they're fun to talk about. And I think they're interesting for us to look at. Trees combat climate change. And yes, I would, I, I, I would say that here, here's the interesting part because they, also, they clean the air and they combat climate tra- change. 
Trees can absorb odors and pollutants, gases that destroy and kill, and they turn them into oxygen. Trees absorb CO2, removing and storing the carbon, carbon white, while releasing oxygen back into the air. In one year, an acre of mature trees absorbs the same amount of CO2 produced when you drive your car 26,000 miles. So trees are helpful to our climate. Remember, we're correlating what? Us to being like trees in a lost and dying and decaying world. Hello? He said you are salt of the earth. Salt is an antibiotic against decay. In other words, it's dying. You are salt in a dying world. You're like a tree. You're to take in the things that, and, and it's not, you, you, that which is evil in the world, that which is going wrong, instead of bashing it, you're to turn it for good. Hello? That's awesome. It, and here's another little uh, bit of fun facts. In one year, an acre of mature trees can provide enough oxygen for 18 people. Did you, did you ever realize that you need oxygen to live? Okay, throw it. <laughs> I'll, I'll be nice. Okay, let's, I'm going to move on. These are really good. Trees, trees actually cool the streets in our city. They make it a comfortable place to live in our city. That's pretty cool. Uh, the aver- this is a little fun fact. The average temperature in Los Angeles has risen 6 degrees Fahrenheit in the last 50 years. And it's not because of climate change. It's because of there's, there's, there's a tree deficit in Los Angeles. Duh. Yeah. Trees cool, the city by, trees cool the city by up to 10 degrees by shading homes and streets. The water vapor in the air also it, through the leaves, it helps cool the air. Trees also help us conserve energy. Um, trees will, they, by strategically placing, listen to this, strategically placing trees around your home, you can use up to 50% less energy in your home to cool it and heat it. Did you know that? That's pretty cool. So as, it, as we look at that as eternally, what we're looking at is what we are called to do, what we're to be is a blessing to those in, in, our, in our society, in our community. We're to help those. That's why what we do, so much of what we do at the salt mine is help people. Anybody that's in need, we want to help them. We want to be a blessing to them. No matter where they've been, what they've gone through, or what put them in the position that they've gone through, we want to be a blessing and help them. That's what church is supposed to be and do. Hello? Amen. You guys know my my soapbox on that one. Trees also help prevent water pollution. They reduce the runoff by breaking rainfall. And this is the same thing I'll say. They, they prevent soil erosion by the root system going down into the ground. They, also, they, help, they help establish the dirt in which they're planted in. I love that. Again, back to dirt. Trees are that which are, are supposed to, and they do this when a tree is planted and many trees are planted the actual dirt that they're planted in becomes solid. It becomes that which it becomes solidified to where the root system is actually holding the dirt. The dirt's holding the root system. The root system's holding the dirt and vice versa. It keeps going back and forth to where that now that tree can hold steady and stand firm and it allows the dirt to be firm for other plants to be planted in that same dirt area. That's pretty cool. That's what trees do. So trees are beneficial so many ways. I like this one. It's just kind of the obvious, but you know, you got, got to mention it. Trees shield, and this is what it says, they shield children from ultraviolet rays. Hello? You get in the shade of a tree. What's going to happen? You're shielded from the, the ultraviolet rays. Yep. Trees, this is another obvious one because Jesus spoke about this. You'll know a tree by its what? By its fruit. So what is fruit? What is fruit? It's food. Trees provide food. Hello? Trees provide food. You know, one apple tree can yield up to 15 to 20 bushels of fruit per year. That's a lot of, a lot of apples. That's a lot of food. 
We are, as Christians, we are to be providers. We're to be helpers in the community. And not only just physical food, but also what? Spiritual food. That's what we're called to be and do. Feed people with phys- spiritual food. Hello? You guys with me? Man, everybody like tapped out on me. I, I'll, I'll go fast. I can tell. It's like everybody's zoning off. Trees also have healing powers. Healing powers. And I'm not, this is, I'm not a tree hugger and I'm not like a spiritualist. But there is, there, we do get a lot of our um, medicinal uses from trees. The leaves, the plants, the barks. There's medicinal powers in elements in trees, right? Um, that's not being spiritual about it. That's being very practical and real, real, uh, realistic about it. Golly, I need to hurry up. My mouth is starting to not work right either. <clears throat> and that's what we're also to be too. <laughs> I know this one's interesting, and I, I thought this was like, okay, I, I, I got to read this anyway. Trees reduce violence. Like, what? Okay, I'll I'll read what it says. (laughs) Listen to this. The studies have been shown that neighborhoods and homes that are are barren have shown that they have a greater greater incidences of violence in and out of the home than than when there are greener (laughs) trees around their landscape. They help reduce the level of fear. Now that's kind of sounds like, well, that's kind of weird, but there's studies have been shown that that actually is true. I don't know how to say, but that's what they've shown. It's like trees actually do benefit the peace of a home. The, the obvious is that there's other elements that come with the other, other attributes that come with trees. Trees require, I mean, they, they do, you know, um, Amen. Yeah, a discipline, I have to water, you have to prune, you have to trim. They require work to, to upkeep and take care of, right? And even I, without over-spiritualizing that, but, be, but applying that to, I believe, what is our duty as Christians in our neighborhoods, our community, our home, is that, you know, as Christians, we are to be different. We're to be holy, set apart, and we're to be peacemakers. And yes, peacekeepers. We're to be those that are, when we're in the area, when we're in the room, when we're in an environment, whether it's at work or whether it's in the grocery store, bringing peace into it is a part of our duty and calling as a child of God, a Christian. That's what you're called to do. Not a rebel rouser, not somebody that looks for a fight or looks for a reason to get angry at somebody even when you're driving down the road yes you as christians are called to be christ-like when you're driving even by yourself you 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 don't have to be a pushover you can be a peacemaker and not be a pushover i've learned to do it i've learned to do it and sometimes it's 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 it's, it's, it takes the greatest strength and the greatest meekness to be somebody that is not a, being pushed over and pushed around, but bringing peace into it. Hello? Saying something, it's, it's easy to, to get into a fight. Did you guys know that? Yeah. It's really easy to get into a fight. Hello? Yeah. It, takes, it takes spiritual discipline and courage to not get into the fight and bring peace into it. And wisdom and understanding. Sometimes it just it takes you, you know, you know, that person that you might say, say, oh, they're just pushing me around, and they're pushing me over, and they're and they're doing this and they're doing that. You know what that person needs is a hug. They need a hug. I'm serious. Be a tree and hug them. <laughs> I, no, but that takes strength, that takes courage, that takes discipline, that takes wisdom, that takes an understanding that, you know what, maybe I'm not making, I shouldn't make this all about me. Maybe there's something going on in that person's life that I can bring peace into it, as opposed to, because violence to violence, all it does is do what? It makes more violence, <laughs> right? Hello? 
It's, it, it, I, I don't want to, like I said, it's not over-spiritualizing, but just like calling it what it is. As Christians, we're to be peacemakers in the world we live in. So that's what I believe. It's, it's yes. Well, you got me going really hot on that one for a second there. Sorry. I'll, 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 <laughs> trees mark the seasons. I like this. If, if it's winter, spring, summer, or fall, look at the trees, right? As Christians, we, we look forward to the return of our Lord Jesus. We mark the seasons of what's going on. We actually, did you know that? Did, you, did anybody realize that our calendar that you go by is based off what? It's based off Jesus. <laughs> it starts with Jesus. So, right? Where's it going to end? With Jesus. We're just in the middle making it all about Jesus. We mark the season, right? Trees, I know this, like I said, some of these are, are interesting, and I'm, I'm going to zip through a couple that are just like silly. Um, this could get deep, and I, I, could, I could talk about this one for a second, but trees actually bring unity to a community. And you say, well, how does that work? It's like, well, it's not as though, because trees, trees actually, they set up as landmarks, as points of interest, or as places that, you guys ever notice how when you're, when you're going somewhere, when you're, when you're actually in a place, and you, you recognize an area by the trees in it, a lot of places, or a building sometimes, but a lot of times it's, it's the trees. And what it that brings is, here's, I want to, I want to, I need to say this most correctly as possible. We are called as Christians to, to be, be, uh, yes, trees, but we're also called to be advocates for God. Um, we're to be vessels of God's mercy. We're to be that which, which brings truth into the world we live in, not only to our minds and our brains and our, our lives, but also into the world, the surrounding world in which we live in. But what we're not called to do is we're not called to bring division into that place. Did, did you, I want to clear something up. Did you know that us as Christians demanding, requiring, insisting on things being fair is more divisive, more divisive than understanding the diversity of how we are all so different? Did you, did you get what I'm saying there? Trees are all different. We identify them as different. They're, they're different shapes, sizes, colors. They produce different fruits. They have different purposes. If we are foolish to think that every tree should look like me, what have I just created? Division. Because the tree that doesn't look like me is not belong to me or my group or my clan or my club. Do you guys hear what I just said there? So... In essence, trees, in their beauty and in their diversity, bring unity. Because we get, what is, it's the, it's community together is understanding how different we all are, working together with a purpose and a goal to love one another and bring others into this thing that we call the kingdom of God to love one another in it. Hello? That went deep real quick. Is that Okay. Okay, I, here's what I think is a, 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 one last one, and I think it's really awesome. Trees increase property value. You realize you as a tree, you as a tree, as a Christ follower, you increase the value not of yourself, but of those around you. Not only as yourself, but of those around you. Hello? I shared with you my testimony, my story about how I worked for my boss for years. I increased the value, God in me, as a tree, increased the value where I went to work, when I went to work. We increase the value of those around us. We do not decrease the value, we increase it. In the neighborhood we live in, and yeah, you could even refer to your home, but your life increases the value of other lives that are touched by you. That's good stuff. Hello? That's what a tree is called to do. Amen? Uh, 
I did this little study, and, I, uh, 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 and, it, and when I did it, I was like, it was, a, it was a, what kind of tree are you? And it took a little quiz. You can do it yourself if you'd like to. I don't know. It's probably on treehuggers.com or something. I don't remember where I found it. I don't know. <clears throat> There's about a 10-question quiz, and, and it came up with it, and it popped up. And it says, here, here's what kind of tree you are. <laughs> so this, this is me. I, I kind of liked it, and I'm just going to share this with you. Yeah, as of my little quiz. Yeah, me personally. I've discovered I'm a southern black walnut. <laughs> I know. Whoops. Oh, boy. Uh, what does a southern black walnut, what are the attributes? It means you're strong, determined, and ambitious. You thrive in less than perfect conditions and persevere when times get tough. You can stand up for what you believe in and inspire those around you. While the Southern, California Southern, local Southern black walnut does not yield the tallest trees in the forest, <laughs> they top off at about 30 feet when they're grown, with, but they have large trunks and they're very tough. So tough that their leaves, their bark, and their fruit debris are actually toxic to other plants. <laughs> I was like, I wanted to read everything but that, but I had to. It's like, okay. They're also drought-tolerant, fire-resistant, and super-resilient. We're all different trees. God has called us to be like trees. God has called us to be he actually, He has declared us to. When you set your desires on Him, you will be like a tree planted near water where the roots go down and it produces a fruit. And it produces a, a fruit and a crop that's for others to enjoy. And here's this one last thing, and it wasn't in any sort of website or anything. I felt like the Lord showed me this. Let me take a little drink because this is going to take a second. As I was praying about and thinking about this and reference to to Glenn in my life, I've always loved the passage, the verse of the Bible, is Psalm 68, 5. It says, I, I will become a father to the fatherless. I never had a dad. And the, you guys know my story. The dad I had was not, not, not good. More damaging than good in my life. And Glenn came into my life as a father-in-law, somebody I could call dad on a regular basis with no, no shame, no just it's it's just pure love and <clears throat> was thinking about how much of a dad he's been in my life and how much of a father to the fatherless he has been to me and i know that verse is referring to god being a father to the fatherless and that's true 100 percent. so much so that i got to tell you and I, i've shared this maybe i've shared it with you maybe i haven't but I have no inclination, no desire in my heart or in my soul to find out who my biological father is. I have no need to because I know who my heavenly father is. And yes, Glenn has filled a great, really good role in meeting a earthly father. And I'm sharing all this to get to this one point because I think that the Lord showed me this and this is something that I, that I feel like the Lord is also... <clears throat> does with trees remember he says a tree is a tree who's one whose whose roots go down and grows up and it produces and it produces fruit in its season and one who is not a tree is like shaft who's blown away is, is worthless and nothing well there's also this there's this strong implication that i that i i saw in that passage in psalm 1 that it doesn't say it but it it implies it at least to me in my spirit and i heard it is that in its season also means that there is another season that 
that is when it's done in that season, there's another purpose that's beyond just producing fruit. And another purpose for trees is it produces lumber. It produces lumber to build houses with. Houses that stand firm on the solid rock of Christ. And at every given point in every one of our lives, we are to produce fruit in the season that we are to produce fruit. But then that there's that point where we're, that season is done and we are to produce lumber. And that lumber is for others to, to enjoy. That lumber is for others to use and others to actually develop a house in. And I know that that's a hard thing to accept, but it's the truth of the reality of who we are and what we're called to do. This life is a vapor. This life is here and then it's gone. We do with it with, with what God gives us to do with it. And I believe that we need to, as Glenn has always been in his life, He's not perfect. He's holy. He's set apart to do what God has set apart for him to do. And in his holiness, he's produced fruit in season. And in his holiness, there is a, there is a production of lumber that's going, that is, has taken place also because there's a house that's been built because of his obedience to plant near the stream of life. And I love that. And I love that. I'm so appreciative to Glenn. And I know everybody in this room is. I know that. And I know like, you, you know, if, if anything, there's a few of us that are probably a little more appreciative. I think of Joe, David, Because we've experienced that, 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 that which we needed, Robert, that which we needed in that time of life, that season in our life. So I know that this is all changing. Everything's kind of just changing. But it's changing for good. It's changing and it's hard. And it really does suck. <laughs> There's no easy way to go through change. Have anybody found one? No. Even, even good change is hard. And I'm saying all that because I just feel like this is where we are at. We're in the midst of change. But we're in the midst of solid root that has gone down that even though the change comes we're gonna stand god says we will stand because we continue to stand on him and we need to know this we need to be assured of this we need to encourage each other in this especially linda right now especially robin and leslie right now It's where we're at. And I believe that was from the Lord. Yes. Mm -hmm. I know, I know. I've referred to it many times. I love it. Amen. So let us worship the Lord. Let us pray. Thank you guys for allowing me to share. Again, Stephen will share next week. So... Bring your friends. Fill the room up. Bring others into the fold. Be a vessel of God's mercy. Be a tree with a purpose. Father God, we just thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, your kindness, your goodness that is so above and beyond what we can ever ask or imagine. We ask a blessing on us as a body of believers, as trees of righteousness, oaks planted near the water, producing that which you've called us to produce. We thank you, Jesus. We even...
We even thank you, Jesus, for this season in which we are in as a body of believers. Even when we don't understand it, but thank you, Lord, that you told us, you told us not to lean on our understanding, but to trust in you and in all our ways acknowledge you. And you will direct our paths. We trust you with that. So, Lord, we depend on, we trust you to direct our paths. We trust you to hold us steady, to keep our feet solid, to light it up when it's in the dark, and to war off enemies that want to distract, derail, and even destroy us. In Jesus' name, we trust you. We trust you. Thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you for this Father's Day. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.